podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ready to go the extra mile in a Volvo Mild Hybrid SUV this summer? No plug-in required. Whether you go to the mountains this summer, the ocean, or somewhere in between, Volvo Mild Hybrid technology adds to a more refined driving experience so you can summer safely. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com. Welcome to the Fabio Pan Podcast. Wait. Oh, oh, just me. Oh, okay. Well, it's a special. It's a special episode. It's a celebration. It's a celebration. It's an anniversary. It's it's 10 years to the day since Palace beat Watford in that. Oh, my word. (laughs) 10 years and 10 Premier League seasons have followed. And to commemorate that, and I'm sure. Hopefully, people are enjoying this special pod popping up in their feeds that we didn't tell anyone about. A little surprise. We got an interview with the man, the man that day who scored the goal that took Palace in the Premier League, Mr. Kevin Phillips. Um, also joining us, of course, Jack Pierce. Jack, how are you? We, we've uh, just done the interview with Kevin. We're, 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 we're basking. We are basking. If there's ever a time to bask, <laughs> this is it. Uh, what a guy. Um, yeah. As I always say when we record with any anyone, I hope the listener enjoys it as much as we enjoyed recording it because it, it was an absolute joy to listen to and talk about it from from his perspective and, and said some really lovely things about the club. So, um, yeah, it, it, I can't believe it's 10 years. That, that first and foremost still feels like yesterday. Um, and he still kind of looks like it's yesterday. He doesn't look 10 years older. No, <laughs> no just a bit more hair on the head. He's kind of gone the other way. Uh, but no, amazing to talk to him. What a lovely guy and clearly someone who has had the most incredible impact on on the club that we love. So uh, delighted to, to be able to spend an hour talking to him. Top man. And he um, clearly enjoyed going back over the, the moment as well. Um, I should say we're sponsored this episode by our friends at Eternity Home Finance. They're a Croydon-based, palace-supporting, family-run mortgage and protection advisors. From getting on the property ladder to planning your retirement, email info at eternityhomefinance.com and quote the code FYP. For a free consultation, and I know the uh, team there will be very excited to hear from KP indeed. Um, we asked Jack, didn't we, people, our listeners and our followers on social media, just for their memories of the day. We, we go over Kevin's memories of the day, but you've picked out a few of our listeners' memories of that day 10 years ago today. Yeah, I had uh, quite a lot of, of responses. I've, I've, I've narrowed them down into three categories. Uh, the session, for <laughs> tears, and uh, travel troubles. Uh, but Mike Deacon, <laughs> Mike Deacon said the Green Man before and after, perfect oh, yeah. party. I can vouch for that. It was a fantastic place to be. Uh, Exile Selhurst, uh, a complete palace takeover of the pubs around Marylebone and Baker Street prior to heading to Wembley. We do seem to take over Baker mm. Street and Marylebone when we need to. And, and again, uh, yeah, lots of people had a great time there. Uh, and then Matt says for after uh, a pub crawl through Croydon ending in a lock-in at the Croydon Arms until 6am. So oh. you know, it was a long day yeah. that led into another day for a lot of people and, and rightly so. In terms of what for tears, Steve Smith 
just says what for tears. That's part of his <laughs> um, and then Simon uh, Horbury uh, sitting in the Watford end as Kevin Phillips scored the winner. My Ooh. old man and I had to sit on our hands. The deathly silence around us was incredible. The view of the Palace end was beautiful. So yeah, uh, I remember those videos coming out a few days after the game of, of just the noise travelling. Oh yeah. From the Watford end. Uh, I don't know why Watford fans would have uploaded videos. I know. I always thought that. So bizarre. It's an incredible sound. That Amazing. Um, And then I was really quite struck by how many Palace fans uh, responded with aeroplane-related memories of the day. John Dorr flew to Hong Kong straight after, smiled inanely for for a 13-hour flight. Wow. Uh, Nobby Clark being threatened with arrest while midway across the Atlantic on a 747. Um, uh, At Violent Bob, almost missing my flight back to Dublin because it went to extra time. I mean, whatever the excess cost would have been, Violent Bob, I'm sure it would have been. Yeah. Well, I'm glad he didn't get too violent on the plane. Well, absolutely, Bob. Yeah, tepid Bob on the flight. uh, Happy Bob. But my favourite response uh, comes from Stuart Cox. uh, Point number 13 and the rather exotic beauty with flashing eyes who turned out to be a coat stand down the Parsons pig, which I believe is a a drinking hole in uh, Crawley. So, Stuart, I'm sure you weren't the first to fall for the uh, the coast down, and you probably won't be the last, but, uh, yeah, I hope you're still talking. Anyway, uh, those are just some lovely memories and uh, just encapsulated uh, what was a a blinding day and such an important day for the club. The fact that we've sustained Premier League status for 10 years beyond that is quite incredible. I doubt there are many fans at that day that would have thought we'd We'd still be in the league ten years on, but I don't think there's a single fan. But there's a single fan that thought that. But it's funny, you know. Obviously, a season has many moments, but it's rare that you can sort of put a promotion, or I guess, in fact, you can put a decade's worth of excitement and progress down to one kick. And you sort of can with this one. And as we said on the pod, no better person, possibly in football, maybe at that time, that you'd have picked than. Than KP, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Having just spoken to him, it did kind of, kind of just struck me that it was meant to happen. It was meant to be Kevin Phillips scoring a winning penalty for Palace in the 115th minute in the playoff final. It just kind of all made sense. And you know, let's not spoil anything that he says because you know, listeners should hear it from the man himself. But just fantastic insight. And uh, it, it, for me, he 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 doesn't live in the in the area anymore. He lives in the Midlands. Um, so he's a little bit detached from from perhaps the local area and, and Palace as a club, but still has such a strong pride in in yeah. what he's done and, and his time at Palace. So, yeah, Jim, these people aren't listening for, Sorry. for, for me and you, mate. Let, let's, let's give them what they want. OK, I think that's fair. Right, uh, after this break, we're going to have the one and only Mr Kevin Phillips on the FYP podcast. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Back to 
to the FYP podcast sponsored by Eternity Home Finance. Uh, from getting on the property ladder to planning your retirement, email info at eternityhomefinance.com and quote the code FYP for a free consultation. Now, we promised you something special on this week's pod. I'm delighted to say we are joined by a man who made 660 professional appearances, scoring nearly 300 competitive goals, won a European golden shoe and made eight appearances for England. But most importantly, of course, as far as we're concerned, the man who scored perhaps the most defining Palace goal of the last generation. I'm not talking about Jack Pierce. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome. <laughs> Ten years to the day since that fateful sunny day at Wembley. It's the one and only Mr. Kevin Phillips. Kevin, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us. How are uh, we, okay? We are very good. And we are yeah, obviously yeah. reminiscing going back to that fantastic day 10 years ago. So, which we'll come to. But we thought yeah. we'd start off by asking you about your time at Palace that season. So if you could, first off, maybe tell us about how the move came about uh, and maybe what Ian Holloway maybe told you about the club. How did he convince you to join Palace on loan from Blackpool um, at that time? Yeah, Yeah, I think it was, um, if if memory serves me correct, it was on, I think it was on the last day of the transfer window. Um, It it come around pretty quick, if I was being honest. Um, Towards the end of the window, it was made clear from Blackpool that, that I could move on. I could um, try and find another club and finish the rest of the season because uh, there wasn't uh, an opportunity really for me at Blackpool. Um, so, you know, then you, when you get told that, you're on your phone straight away to your agent, what's out there, you know, I, I need to move. Uh, and, you know, within probably an hour, he's come back to me and said there's interest from, from Ian at Crystal Palace. Uh, obviously, I worked with Ian at Blackpool Great guy, fantastic guy to work for. We got on really well, uh, total respect for each other, and we looked after each other. And he certainly looked after me towards the back end of my career in terms of giving me sessions off, giving me time off um, because of my age and where I lived. Um, so as soon as my agent mentioned his name and Crystal Palace, I I jumped at the opportunity. Of course, I was based in the Midlands, um, just north of Birmingham, which potentially could have been a problem uh, with the travel, but knowing Ian the way I did, you know, I, I, he he would have looked after me in terms of not having to come down every day, uh, having the extra day off, because he knew that I would work just as hard at home as I would at training. And as long as the players didn't have an issue of it, with it, then, then Ian didn't. So, you know, I got onto the phone to Ian straight away and, it, I, and he didn't really need to convince me. You know, I seen where Crystal Palace were in the league. Uh, Blackpool weren't, weren't doing so well. So I thought it was a great opportunity for me to to come to a magnificent football club. You know, I, I'd heard about and I played at Sellers Park and I'd heard about the crowd, you know, the noise, the atmosphere. And I, I had sampled it. But until you actually play there, you don't realise how intense, how intimidating, how magnificent the atmosphere is there. So as soon as I spoke to Ian, he said, I want you to come down, you know, give your experience, hopefully score some goals and, and help us get over the line. And, you know, when he said that, I was pretty much in my car and driving down. Um, So, yeah, it took about a 10 minute phone call. You know, Ian said, we've got a great squad here. You know, we we are in a great position. And, you know, I think you coming down here could just add that, help the dressing room, help the young players and and hopefully score some goals to help us get over the line. And, you know, I couldn't wait to get down if I was being honest. It, It turned out to be a really good move. Kevin, yeah. you, um, I'm, I'm sure you remember each and every one of the goals you scored during your illustrious career, but you'd actually scored at Selhurst just a few weeks before you joined. You scored the equaliser in a 2-2 draw. But where, what did you think of Palace that season, where where we were? And and obviously Ian had left Blackpool, the club you were at, to, to come and join mm. Palace. So so what were your thoughts about Palace and the season that, that we were having by the point you, you joined in January? Yeah, well, I thought, you know, they're having a very good 
very good season, of course, where they were in the league. You know, you'd have to remind me. I know you were near the top, second or third, was it? Um, you know, in a real strong position to to get out of that league. And, you know, when I looked at some of the players you had, you obviously had Glenn Murray, who was flying, scoring goals for fun. And, you know, I was lucky enough to play with some good strikers in my time and, and join clubs when they had an established well you know, really, really good striker, and Glenn was one. And you know, I, I, I really wanted to be a part of that. Obviously, Wilf Zahar, he was an exciting young player. You know, it he, he, he excited me, and you know, I just felt that Palace could do it. You know, they could go up automatically, and and hopefully, you know, with my experience coming, and you know, I didn't expect to start a lot of games. You know, that was I knew how Ian worked, um, but you know, I knew that when he did call upon me, I certainly wouldn't let him down. Um, but I knew I'd probably spend most of the rest of the season on the bench being, being an impact player coming off the bench and trying to score goals when we needed him. And, you know, I did a bit of both. Um, so, you know, it really excited me, uh, promotion, you know, I'd had four, I think three promotions up to that point. Um, the fourth one really excited me. Um, you know, I went on to get five in the end with Palais, with Leicester afterwards, but, you know, that one with, with Crystal Palace, the way we did it um, through the playoffs was extra special because I'd lost in, I think, three playoff finals before that. And it was a horrible, horrible place to be when you lose. Um, so I, I didn't expect us to go up that way. I expected us to go up automatically. Um, but football being football, you know, when the pressure's on, we started to dip a little bit. And, you know, we had to really galvanise and dig in and uh, get ourselves in that playoffs. And then obviously the rest was history. I'm really glad you mentioned your playoff record because we were thinking about bringing it up, but we weren't quite sure. So thanks for uh, <laughs> yeah. thanks for removing. I, that I always bring out get, out get it out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> the elephant in the room. Um, yeah, we'll cut. We'll come to uh, to Wembley, of course. It, you, you're one of those players that I felt always scored against Palace. I remember some goals for Sunderland in that in that in the. Um, in the promotion season when we went up under Ian Dowie. So it's actually really nice for once to sign a player that always scored against us for us as well. So I feel like <laughs> that didn't really happen very often. But it's interesting you say about, I guess you knew you were going to come in and be back up because Glenn was absolutely flying. I guess for some strikers, is that difficult to take? Or were you, I guess, happy with that role? Had Ian made that clear? You knew that's what your role was going to be. Yeah, I knew. I was, I was very happy with that. If I really wanted to, I probably could have gone to a club where you know, I probably would have played a lot more, but I think the draw of playing under Ian Holloway again, uh, you know, that infectious, you know, that, that bubbliness, you know, that intensity. I just, I loved everything about what he did. And, you know, and of course, Palace being, you know, I am from the South. I'd only ever played for Watford and I'd never played for a London club. And my, all my family were brought born up and, and bred in London, north of the river, you know, North London. But, I just wanted to experience what it was like to play for a London football club. And when Palace, you know, was, was presented with me, the history of the club, you know, the old fashioned stadium, the atmosphere, the crowd, uh, nothing let me down whatsoever. And yeah, it's, it's well known in football, as you know, it's one of the toughest places to get to with it within football. But, you know, I, I, I stayed down as much as I possibly could in Croydon in a hotel and I enjoyed every, every bit of it. Um, you know, it was I cleared it with the family, obviously, to make sure that was fine because um, I was going to be away from home a fair bit. Um, but, yeah, I had no issue with... I knew that, you know, if I got off the bench and scored a goal, I know what Ian was like. You know, he'd be tempted to start me in the next game. But, obviously, Glenn was flying. I didn't expect to push him out. And I didn't want to because I wanted him to go on and score the goals to take us to the Premier League. But, 
you know, and he, and, and he virtually did that, you know, alone on his own. And, yeah. and we were all devastated, obviously, when, when he picked up the injury in the playoffs. Um, but, you know, so it made us more determined to, to, to win that game at Wembley and do it for Glenn. Your, your arrival, Kevin, also gave the, the manager the uh, option of playing a slightly different way. Your, your actual debut came just a few days later um, in a home match against Charlton. We were 1-0 down at half-time and you came on as a half-time sub and Ian switched it from a 4-3-3 to a 4-4-2. Um, and it, it was probably the option that we lacked in the squad. So not only were you bringing the experience and the goal threat, but also a slightly different option for the for the manager. Mm. To use. Do you do you remember that game that that two one because that was quite a pivotal moment of the season as well? Yeah, I do because I remember um, you know obviously I'd made an impact. You know, Ian called upon me very very early, and I was determined to try and make an impact and, and change this game round. You know, and and change our fortunes, and you know, I was able to do that. And, you know, I, I, and you're right, you know, having been a manager now and just, just, just finished as being a manager, you need those types of options to be able to change a game when things ain't going so well. There's some managers that are very stuck in their, in their ways. They won't change, you know, they believe in what they're doing. And, and Ian had been like that, you know, at Blackpool, the four, three, three, but he, you know, I think he showed probably he'd learned over the years that, you know, if you've got two good strikers, why wouldn't you want to get them on the pitch when you you know when you when you're behind in a game? And it gives us the option with Balassi one side, Wilf one side, that pace, that energy, that trickery, you know with those two each side, you're going to create chances. And if you've got double the trouble up top with two goal scorers, then you've got a great opportunity of scoring goals. So I think, you know, it's very clever of of what you know what Ian did at the time. Yeah, I don't think any Palace fans can accuse Ian Holloway of not changing things up and he was very bold yeah. with, his, with his sub sometimes and, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I, I think uh, calling Selhurst, what do you call Selhurst? Traditional Stadium. Very kind. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> very diplomatic. And I'm glad I'm glad you said uh, I played for Watford and then joined a London club because Watford fans would absolutely, they no, will tell you they're, they're not a London club. They're Hertfordshire they're club, exactly. Hertfordshire. The heart's yeah. on the bad, so uh, no, that's great. I um, played there for two and a half years, so I, I should know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Um, I'm wondering, so at this point in your career, were you taking badges by this point? And, and were you, did Ian ask you to stop giving any, the other strikers any tips or anything sort of in training? Or no. you sort of moving into no. that? No, not at all. It, 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 no, I hadn't started. I, funny enough, I hadn't started my coaching badges until I actually retired from football. Um, so, you know, but Ian was one of those, you know, he had no problem with my experience talking to the strikers, giving them advice, um, you know, and helping them. Even even Glenn, you know, Glenn, Glenn you know, and no matter how old you are, how many games you, you've played, you still take advice from, from people. And, you know, I'm still taking advice now from people, which you do. You, we don't know everything. Um, but no, he never asked, asked me ever to take a session. We we would go off on our own at the end of a, a training session and, and do finishing and someone would lead it. Uh, but it wouldn't be anything technical. It'd just be a simple finishing drill. Um, so no, I never did any coaching badges. Yeah, I mean, he was yeah. absolutely flying, wasn't he, Jack, that season? Glenn, Glenn yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> as Kevin said, in terms of goal scoring, he, he really did carry the load and, and to... The hot streak from you know from September onwards really was was quite something. A couple of Patricks in there, a couple of doubles, yeah. and, and winning games by himself really. But as as Kevin said, that threat either side, that yeah, you know the three up top was at that level. I think, uh, yeah. Sorry to jump in, but I think no, no. you know Glenn. Glenn was a scorer of all types of goals, mm. and you know he was he was how good was he in the air? You know he really surprised me until you work with someone closely and see them in action in training in the game. You know you, you kind of don't appreciate 
the qualities that some players have. And Glenn was magnificent in the air. His timing, um, you know, his, his, his heading ability was was fantastic. But he also had a great strike of the ball. You've seen that. He could volley a ball. You know, he could get half a yard and bend it in the corner. So he was a great goal scorer of all types of goals. And and like you say, when, you, when you've got a player like that and you've got the two wingers that we had, you know, you can either whip one in low, you know he'll be on end of it, but you can also stand one up to the back post and Glenn will attack it. You know, with with aggression and and eight nine times out of ten, he, he'll get a shot on target. So he he was an excellent striker. That was his second season. He he did take some time to bed in his first season, um, and I don't think anyone was really expecting the goal return that he he provided in that second season. But there really was no stopping him at certain points of that season. As you say, mm. it came to a very cruel end with the the injury um, in the first leg of the playoff. Um, but thankfully, Kevin, someone else was there to do the, uh, the job that was required. <laughs> Uh, just, just bringing you on to some of the other goals before we get to the playoffs. And obviously, there's the, the chat about the playoffs and the Wembley game. But you, you scored some really important goals for us during the during the league campaign. You, you know, the, the equaliser at Watford, um, the, the hat trick against Hull, which I think still stands to be the quickest hat trick in, in Palace history, and also the, win, uh, the no, sorry, the equaliser against Peterborough on the last day of the season. So, in terms of picking your moments, you, you really did. That's what that's what Ian brought me to the club for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think you know. Obviously, you know, when I think back to those games, and obviously the Watford one meant a lot because it was, you know, Watford fans hate me now because I scored two important goals, and you know, the biggest one obviously at Wembley. But um, you know, the, the one at, at, at Vicarage Road for me was just you know surreal, really good feeling to get that goal in front of our home fans as well. Um, you know, to me was 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 a great feeling. Um, and then the hat trick against Hull, um, you know, because Glenn obviously Glenn missed a penalty in that game, and you know I wanted him to take the next one, but he actually said no, I want you to take it, and I just thought that's a bit strange because maybe he was feeling the pressure, um, so I stepped up. I didn't hit the cleanest of penalties if I remember, uh, but it went in, and and then I, I, one of my shots I think took a slight deflection as well, one of the, that looped over the keeper, um, and and you know to get a hat trick. You know, whatever stage of your career is is one of the best feelings you ask any any centre forward. But to do it, you know, at the, at the age and at the stage of my career in front of the Palace fans, and, and like you say, to do it that quick. I don't obviously I'd never scored a hat trick that quick before. Mm. You know, I couldn't it, I couldn't quite it didn't quite sink in until I actually drove home afterwards and I did a live interview with Talksport. And you start realising, you know, what what you kind of achieved that evening, you know, at your age and how quickly you did it and. I must admit that drive home that night, it's normally a four-hour drive, but it kind of went about an hour. It felt only like an hour. With Murray having missed from the spot, it's Kevin Phillips who steps up this time and scores on his first start for the Eagles. Well, battling for it. Comes away with it as well. It runs through for Kevin Phillips to score his and Crystal Palace's second goal of the evening. 39 years of age. Zaha is away again. He's found Kevin Phillips again. Oh, and Kevin Phillips scores again. Two in a minute and a hat-trick for Kevin Phillips. An incredible story. 39 years of age, his first start for the club and he's hit a hat-trick. Everything yeah, was Peter, quick that evening. Everything. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and uh, you know, it was it was a, it was a great feeling, and and of course the Peterborough goal. You know, we needed we wanted a result that day. I think we won two one in the end, didn't we? With yeah, uh, three two. 
three two three two that was it sorry yeah three two so to get that equalizer at that time i think you know was a was for me um you know a great feeling and obviously it, it was a great day for us but if i'm right it, it relegated peterborough yeah, that day it did, didn't it yeah. so uh and and having been relegated a few times as well from the premier league it's not a nice feeling but you know from a selfish point of view that was a that was a great result for us that day just just on that Peterborough game, what, what was the atmosphere like before? Because as you said, when you arrived, you were you know expecting maybe a push for automatic promotion. But yeah, we got to the final day and we were still looking to guarantee our place in the playoffs. What, what yeah. was the mood like? And, mm. and did it need experienced heads like yourself mm. and Damien Delaney and Emile Jednak to maybe get round the yeah. younger lads and say it's still within our, our goals? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. You know, some some people like destiny in their own hands and, you know, I, I, I like that. You know, you've got to go and win the football match. It's as simple as that. And don't rely on other people take care of your own backyard, as the old saying says. Um, and yeah, we we were determined. We were nervous. You know, Ian took his meeting before the game, um, like he always did, um, up up in the corner where the the nurse, I think, the learning school was. You know, to the right of the dugout in the far right hand corner. We used to have a meeting up there every home game before. And you know, Ian Ian's very good at his speeches. You know, we've seen him when he when he went into to address the supporters before one game, his, his speech went on and on and on. Which, I was there. Yeah. Uh, was, yeah. Which was on the documentary, which, you know, once Ian gets, you know, into his stride, he, he's a very good speaker and he gave us a great speech that day. I can't remember off the top of my head what it was about, but it kind of made the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. He made you feel, you know, on top of the world. And, you know, when we left that room, we were determined to get the result that day. We knew it wouldn't be easy because, you know, playing a team that's scrapping to stay in the league is is the toughest game. Um, so, but we just knew we had to get a win. It was as simple as that, and, and getting those playoffs. And you know, when that final whistle went, you could see the elation. You know, the celebration for everyone that we we'd snuck in there, and you know, we we felt fairly confident as well going into the playoffs after that victory. Yeah, I was there that day. He came into the fans, and it was uh, it's one of the most sort of electric atmospheres I've ever felt at Selhurst. It was it was incredible, really. Yeah. Just really quickly on the Middlesbrough hat trick, uh, sorry, the whole hat trick, because Jack, people will be screaming at their phones. Uh, it was eight minutes thirty seven seconds. Fastest league hat trick for Palace. Danny Butterfield, sorry. of course, scored of the course. fastest oh. hat trick in there, but people will be screaming at their phones. Like <laughs> um, but it was a it was a fantastic hat trick. And you saying the the second one, I think, was deflected. I'd completely forgotten that. In my mind, that was a thirty yard bullet in the top corner. And do you know what? Oh, came I shouldn't in? have said that. Then hey, it will stay a thirty yarder. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I'll it take was, that. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> I've completely forgotten that. No, it was a, it was um, it was a fantastic hat trick. The goal against Peterborough was a real instinct. I would call it experienced striker's instinct. You just sort of flick a little foot out. I mean, it was. Uh, well, come on to Wembley. That's an even bigger goal. But that was a big goal. I think that it turned it in our favour. I think Jedi gets a header, doesn't he? Shortly yeah, after to win it. Too. Yeah. But that yeah. that was a real. I would say a Kevin Phillips experienced striker instinct. Little poke finish. Yeah, and, that, and that's, you know, it's, you know, I spoke about Glenn earlier about scoring all types of goals. I like to think, you know, when I look back at my goals in my career, I, I was one of those that scored all types. You know, and I wasn't bad in the air. I scored, scored my fair share in the air as well. But those are the types of goals that, you know, you train for. Uh, you, you, you do repetitive drills on the training ground. Uh, mentally, mentality is... You know, and, I, and whenever I work with a striker now, it's about trying to just work half a yard and, and just get something on it and 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 get it towards goal and you know you're right that 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 day I felt confident you know that if I get half a chance I I, I would get you know uh, I would hopefully score a goal and and to see it hit the back of the net at a time when you know we needed it 
um, give the pace a massive lift as 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 you've seen. And then obviously we got the other goal, and you know it was. Uh, I think we did we go three one up um, that day. Was it no, no, we, we'd been was it two one two? Behind. Were two one behind. Two one behind. Yeah, sorry, two two. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the equaliser, and then obviously Melee gets the header. Um, so yeah, it was a uh, yeah. It was probably when you look back at my goals in my career, it was a typical probably like you say a, a Phillips finish. Peterborough needing a win to stay up. Palace needing a win to be absolutely sure of the playoffs. Dobby takes. Yedinak heads it. Fucked away by McCann. Gathered in by Dobby. Still in Palace possession. Phillips. Kevin Phillips. There's no. Quite like him. It was almost a toe bung from Kevin Phillips, but however it was scored, it means an awful lot to Palace, and it means even more to Peterborough's cause. They seem safe, Peterborough, but now it's worry time. Well, there's less than five minutes to go of a 46-game season, and still Darren Ferguson doesn't know if his mission has been accomplished. Can I ask, you mentioned Mele there. What, what were your thoughts about Mele Jednak? For, for us, he, he really just rose to the occasion that season. Yeah. Um, was, what, what were your thoughts on him and playing with him? He's, he was a man. You know, he was a leader um, in the dressing room. Um, you know, very, very serious guy. Uh, took his job very, very serious. Uh, I'm not saying he didn't have a laugh. He did. He joined in, but... He's one of those ultimate professionals. You know, he would do everything right, never cut a corner doing anything. If you asked him to do a drill, we'd do it properly. Mm. Um, if you asked him to to clear his plate array in the canteen, he'd do it properly. You know, everything he did right, he lived his life right. And he was just a generally really nice guy. But on the pitch, he was a tough competitor. And, you know, he's a big guy, as you know. And not many people got the better of him. I, did, I don't think I saw anyone get the better of him in that midfield area and... And he was the same when he came to Villa. Obviously, you know, I, I only lived down the road from Villa, so I followed his career very, very carefully. And he's the ultimate, ultimate professional. And what a lovely, lovely guy as well. You know, totally two different people, you know, off the pitch, calm, collective, you know, could go for a beer with him. And, but then on the pitch, wow, you know, he was a, he was, he was a, he was a top professional. But we're, we're nearly at the Wembley chat, but... <laughs> we're teasing it, we? we? are teasing it, but, I mean, he, fam- he famously played the second half almost on one leg, having mm, rolled his yeah. ankle quite badly, and that, that just summed him up that season. He'd just been such yeah, a, such a he, leader. He was, he was just, yeah, he was... And that's what he was. He was a leader on the pitch and off the pitch, and I can't speak highly enough of him. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just envisioning him cleaning his plate now. So all I can think of is Melee clearing his plate and how <laughs> he would be at that. Very. There wouldn't be anything think... left on there. There wouldn't be anything left on the plate. Let's put it that way. <laughs> can't think he'd be the worst at clearing that plate from that Palace squad. <laughs> I don't know. Really. Um, we'll come on before we come on to Wembley. Just oh, obviously we talked about Glenn picking up that 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 terrible injury. Um, at that point, were you expecting maybe then to play more minutes, or was it clear that that Albie, uh, Aaron Wilbraham would be? The first choice after that, yeah, yeah, it was. Um, I, I suppose deep down, you know, I was probably a little bit disappointed that I didn't get the minutes I would liked in the playoffs, um, but totally understood it. Um, you know, I never ever questioned what Ian did, uh, especially at the stage of my career. Uh, Ian would always give me a, a reason, which is good man management, um, and. You know, I think Albie, obviously, with that physical frame, um, you know, is was was more suited probably to to the games than, than myself. And 
you know, I probably agreed that I was probably better coming on. I think defenders probably would rather see me start a game than me coming on with half an hour to go or maybe the second half when they're probably tiring a little bit, as as obviously it worked out in a fair few games and, of, of course, the final as well. So I, I would have liked to have played a bit more minutes in, in the playoffs, but ultimately it's not about me. It was about us getting through and getting to Wembley. Did you know much about the Palace-Brighton thing before you joined? No, no. If I'm being honest... Um, I still find it quite bizarre to this day, you know, with it, was it 30 odd mile between, is it 30 mile between the yeah. two of them? It's even more, it's, I think. <laughs> yeah. So it's, you know, it, it is, but you know, football doesn't surprise me. There's rivalries all over the country and I've played in a fair few derbies, but yeah, I have to say I was, I was very surprised, but you know, when, when that, when that game come around and then you start to realize, blimey, these two ate each other, you know, with the, uh, the build up and then obviously the, the the two games as well and obviously what happened in the dressing room down at, at Brighton as well it was uh, it just added to all the the intensity and the excitement of of the occasion Jim, I wasn't yeah. sure if he would ask the question, but shall we? You know, we've asked everyone well, else. <laughs> I was going to say, I think Kevin's the seventh or eighth member of that squad we've had on, and we have spoken about that with everyone else. So we might as well follow uh, follow that trend. What's your experience then? Of you know, I wish it's I wish it had got a better name than Poogate, but that is that is all anyone ever calls it, unfortunately. So yeah, that's what have to call it's, it. Well, uh, you know, it was it's crazy, and I've seen and heard a lot of things in football in my time, but. <laughs> You know, that, that that stench in that dressing room as soon as that door opened was horrendous. And, you know, it was it was one of those which you could we could have let it get to us. We could have let it, you know, really disrupt our preparation, but it kind of galvanized us. It's probably this you know, it, obviously clearly it wasn't nothing to do with, with their their side. Um but obviously we didn't know that at the time. Um so we were, you know, it actually galvanized us and made us wanna you know, go out there and win. Um, so, you know, it was, a uh, yeah, but the, the smell was just, it was horrific. <laughs> you know, it was, uh, it's, as I say, I've experienced a lot in the football. I'd never experienced anything, anything like that. Yeah. I was just thinking maybe if Ian Holloway had done a few more at that start next season, we might have had, but that, that, that's a different story. <laughs> and that history is, history yeah, is, yeah, exactly. Um, it, it, it is funny, isn't it? How, um, because Palace did very well, um, obviously very, very well in that in that game. But it's funny how little, we hear this all the time in football, mar- little tiny margins, little things can sway things. And, and obviously that was an extreme example of that. But it is funny sometimes how just the smallest little unexpected things can, as you say, galvanise a team, can flip a tie one way, can just almost weirdly make players focus more. And I guess this was a very weird, rare example of that. Yeah, it was. And, and you're right. You know, I, when I think back to my career, um, when I think back to my first derby with with um, Newcastle Sunderland, um, we were travelling to the game and, and Rude Hullick dropped Alan Shearer for the game. And, you know, it was one of those that kind of almost won us the game straight away because mm. we lifted our spirits. So it, it's kind of like on that on that level, you know, it was it just galvanised us. It made us more determined made us want it to run more, battle more, sprint harder. And and you saw in the evening, you know, I think Wilf probably had one of his best games of the season. He was outstanding on the evening. He was out unplayable. And, you know, we needed that bit of magic for him as well to get us through the tie. Obviously, after drawing at home as well, you know, they, they were they were favourites going into the game, being the home side, you know, in front of a, a really, really, you know, intimidating atmosphere. Because I, I sat on the bench for the whole game, so I was able to hear people around me uh, going warming up, hearing people having a go at you on a touchline, swearing at you. And it, it was just, we. I think we were never going to lose that game. I'm telling you now, we were never going to lose it. And I'm sure the lads who you spoke to would have said the same. 
And, you know, I think we deserve to win the game on the evening. And, and as I say, Wilf was, was magnificent. Referenced the you know the last twenty minutes or so, the stage of the career you're at. W- were you thinking of what you were going to do the following season, or was it a case of going into these games towards the end of the league season and the playoffs in terms of this could be the last time I am, am getting match ready? W- where was your head at? Yeah, I, I was. It was a bit mixed, if I'm being honest. Um, I, you kind of you know lay in bed at night thinking the ifs and the buts, um, and I, and there was a scenario running from my mind that. You know, if we got to Wembley, and I actually dreamt about it, if we got to Wembley and I and I was lucky enough to get on the pitch or score the winning goal, then what a befitting way to to end my career, especially when we got to the final when it was against my old club where it all started. You know, I, I kind of, I spoke to my part, my wife at the time and just said, you know, I, I, I'm quite serious here that I might retire if, if things go well. Because I think, you know, it, will it get any better? Um, so, but football being football, things change very quickly. But yeah, I had considered it 100%. And I still had considered it even when the final whistle had gone. And, you know, I, I wanted to go away and get on holiday. And it was only really when we started negotiating with Steve Parrish and Ian Holloway. Holly, Holly said he wanted to keep me for the following season. And then you start thinking it's the Premier League. You know, mm. it's, it, it, it's, you know, I might not ever get another opportunity to play in the Premier League. So, you know, I think if we'd have lost the game, then I might might have considered it. But I think when you've got a chance to stay in the Premier League, at, I think I was coming to near forty at that time. I think you don't you don't turn it down to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Did it matter more that it was against Watford? Um, no, not really. It was. It's just bizarre, isn't it? How situations in life turn out. You yeah. know, who would have believed? You know, nearly eighteen, nineteen years before that. You know, when I made my debut for for Watford, it was ironically against Sunderland. Mm-hmm. You know, who would have believed I'd have been playing for and made my name at Sunderland? And then, you know, it potentially could have been my last game of my career against the team that, where it all began. So, you know, it, it's just bizarre how football works out. But no, it didn't make it any more sweet. Or I'm not that type of person where you know I, I want to rub it in against one of my old teams. It just happens to be against Watford and. You know, nothing's ever personal. It's your job. You have to do your job. And, you know, I certainly wanted to do it that day, no matter who it was against. So, you know, when I stood up to take that penalty, I never thought one bit about, you know, it's against Watford. I just wanted to do it for Palace and and my my fellow pros. Come on then, Jack. Come on then, Jack. We're there. Well, yeah, listen, we finally got to Wembley. Obviously, there's two weeks between the the playoff semi and, and the final. Had Ian talked to you personally about what your role was going to be that day? What was there a suggestion that you would be the impact after sixty minutes or so, and 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 would you you know be happy with that? What, what, were there changes in the, in the conversations, or was there a, a pretty set plan? Yeah, pretty set plan. Nothing nothing changed. You know, Ian never went in. Obviously, there's a long time, so you don't really start preparing tactically and doing some team stuff until the week of the game. So we had a bit of time off after after the playoff second leg, um, which I think was on like on a Tuesday, wasn't it, or a, or a Wednesday? Then I think we had a couple of days in. Then we had the weekend off, and so I shot. I came back home to the Midlands, and then you know we we reported back in on the Monday for a a normal week. I think we all agreed, and the players wanted 
a normal week. Um, we didn't want anything to change. We all knew it was a huge game, so we didn't need to add to it. I actually think we, we didn't go for suits. We were in our track suits because we decided oh, yeah. we didn't want to, you know, heighten the pressure anymore. Uh, but that's fine. You know, some clubs love a suit and we just decided we didn't want to. And I think that's probably the experience we had in the squad as well. And obviously Ian's experience from from the year before. as Was it the year before or the year before that? The, the Blackpool? Yeah, I mean, I hadn't, I hadn't uh, realised you'd been in the playoff final yourself just the season before yeah. Blackpool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's, I, I actually, you know, so I knew how to approach a playoff final, me and Ollie. Um and I, I wasn't going to play in the Blackpool final, but it was only because Gary Taylor Fletcher got injured the day before and, and Ollie said, you're starting. So I kind of prepared myself for that scenario. Um, I knew I wouldn't be starting the game. I knew Albie would be, and that was fine. You know, I'd love to have seen Albie go on. He should have had that trick on the day, shouldn't <laughs> he? What, that's what he yeah. told us, and, yeah. And, yeah. And, <laughs> oh, yeah and, there, and there's part of me sitting there thinking, Christ, if I had played, I think I might have got a couple of those. But, um, <laughs> And I did remind Albie as well in the summer when we went on holiday. Um, but, you know, it, I, whoever was going to play, I was going to get right behind him. And, you know, of course, I wanted to get on the pitch just like I did in the in the, in the the playoff games. And, you know, when the game got closer and closer to the end and Ollie said, get ready, you're going on, I was I was excited. I couldn't wait to get on there. And because you start dreaming, as I said, I'd already thought about coming off the bench and getting the winner. And I had a chance to do it. And I never thought it would happen. <laughs> but, yeah, it was... a. Uh, I, I was clearing my head, my role leading into the game, so nothing really changed. And you know, for us, it was just a normal week. Change for Crystal Palace. Off goes Jonathan Williams, and on maybe for a last hurrah, 39-year-old Kevin Phillips appearing in this playoff final for the fourth time in a 20-year career. The, the documentary gives us such insight into the, yeah. the playing squad at the time and it's such a great documentary and you're obviously part of that. But one of the key bits from from talking to the players about it was the obvious plan that, that Ian had in terms of Wilf being pinned on Cassetti. Yeah. And, and wherever Cassetti went, it was almost a role reverse in terms of man-marking job. You know, the attacker's man-marking, the defender. Watford moved Cassetti four or five times in that second half and eventually it led, led to the penalty. But up until the penalty... What were your thoughts on the game, both from, I guess, the bench and then when you came on? Was it as tense as, obviously, it felt as fans? Or, or was there a confidence yeah. building within the team that we're going to do this because we're clearly on top now? Yeah, well, I think, you know, it was, it was you know, I think it was fairly even early on. And then, obviously, we, we, we lost Dicker Choi, which for us was a blow because um, he was he was another, you know, leader in the, in the middle of that, you know, another destroyer player that just broke play up, was a very tough competitor and a good player as well. Um, so obviously we lost him early on and you kind of think, yeah, I hope it's not going to be one of those days. Um, and then obviously Stewie had to come on. Stewie O'Keefe, you know, he's a great lad, uh, did absolutely magnificent that day. You know, he loved he's, the tackle. I think he smashed someone early doors, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he? He smashed someone early doors, but most famously kicked the ball back in Alman face, which caused a yeah. bit of a, a <laughs> I, I think every Palace fan agrees that that was his, his best, best game. Yeah. day in a Palace shirt. He yeah. was absolutely yeah. outstanding. That well, thing. he rose to the occasion, didn't yeah. he? And how many players you think, you know, to me, I was, I was, I was nervous. And that's not, you know, belittling Stewie. And I got him really well. She's a great kid. But you think, is this occasion maybe going to get the best of him? But he didn't. You know, he showed, you know, what what a great character. Mm. You know, what what leadership qualities he had as well. To go on and perform like that uh, on a hot day as well, remember. You know, he hadn't really warmed up. Um, but he was a fit lad. And, you know, so you kind of think, you know, it, it, hopefully he'll settle into the game, which he did. Uh, and I thought, you know, the game was ebbed and flowed. And we, we created opportunities. Obviously, Albie, you know, had chances... 
Um, their, their main player, which for me was a blow to them in Matty Vidra, who who had to come off, didn't he, at half time? Yeah. And he was a, he was a, he took a kick on his ankle. And I know Matty as well. You know, I worked with him at Derby. You know, I watched him very closely. Good player, mm. and and he was a threat. Um, so you know, I think we were delighted to see him go off. Um, and I, you, you kind of like second half in give his team talk. You know, he said, "This is here for us." You know, how, if you can just raise your levels, um, you know, keep doing what we're doing, keep believing. Ultimately, keep giving the ball to Will Sahar, keep giving him the ball. And I think when you watch the game back, you know, every opportunity we get, we give him the ball and then just go and run, run it. Cassetti, give him a, a torrid, which he did. And ultimately, you know, it benefited for us because, you know, it was a stonewall penalty. I don't think anyone in the ground could disagree that, that, that it was a penalty. And, you know, Wilf, Wilf on the day again stepped up to the plate. But some of his runs that, I think the biggest thing for me stood out with Wilf is some some games when I played with him, I was like, How's he done that? And I actually questioned him at times and he said, I don't know how I did it. It was just one of those, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. he'd run at like two players, he'd get a little ricochet and he'd come out the other side with the ball still at his feet. Um, you know, he was just, but you make your own luck in football and, you know, he's he's a tremendous player. And on that day, again, a good player step up to the plate and he did that. What, one of the best players you've played with, given what he's gone on to do in his career? Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, you know, when we had that interview on the pitch afterwards and he was on his way to Man United, you know, I was so so desperate for him to go and do well there and, and light it up. But, you know, unfortunately it didn't quite happen. But, you know, since then he's come back to Palace. He's, you know, he gets linked every season, doesn't he, go, by going away. But, yeah, he's one of the, certainly one of the best, best uh, technical dribblers, skillful players that, that I've ever played with, for sure. I'm I'm glad you said it was a Stonewall pen because I live in Chesham in Buckinghamshire, so it's Watford territory, and I still have Watford fans that I know from town telling me it wasn't a penalty. Well, it's one of the most Stonewall penalties <laughs> you'll ever see. I think you, all you do is just look at the reaction of the Watford players and and Cassetti himself. You know, it's it was just yeah. I think he was too tired to to you know go to the ref and say it weren't because he'd been run a torrid the whole game and. <laughs> Um, you know, it was, yeah, for me, it was a stonewall penalty. The, the only surprise was that's the, the booking he got in that game. He could have been booked three or four times before then. And, uh, yeah, you know, just, yeah. I guess it, Wilf just had the beating of him all afternoon. But as you say, he got, you know, more and more tired as the game went on. And, and that, you know, move from, from Holloway just to ensure that Wilf was, was, was with him the whole time and running him. And, and Kevin, it was your pass that actually led to the penalty. It was uh, your yeah. pass across the pitch. Yeah. So he started yeah. and finished the move in that sense. <laughs> I'll take an assist as well for myself. <laughs> but yeah, you know, we wanted to isolate, obviously, Wilf with 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 Cassetti as, as many times as we possibly can because there was no way he was going to defend him. And, you know, when you get, when you play with players like a Wilf, you want to give him the ball in around the 18-yard box. And if you can enter the box, then you've got the player, you know, because you know if you miss times that tackle, it's a penalty. And it's exactly what happened. It was a lazy lunge. That probably wouldn't have happened early in the game, so he would have stayed yeah. on his feet and, and probably marshaled him out. But late on in the game, Wilf, Wilf was a fit lad as well. And, you know, he just he had he had him on toast. And, you know, as I say, it was it was it was a it was a blatant penalty. Phillips. Zaha. Oh, Cassetti with the challenge. It's a penalty. Yellow card for Cassetti, and the player 
who gave away a stoppage time penalty in the semi-final for a foul on Anthony Knockhart has sinned again. Yeah, he didn't have to make the, the challenge, had Bertocchio uh, alongside him as well. And he wasn't in a position there to take a strike. And Ian Holloway delighted. A great opportunity, but there's been several opportunities before. But this is the best and the most experienced defender at Wembley today. Italian international Cassetti was sucked into a challenge by the young up-and-coming superstar and it is the experienced Kevin Phillips lined up. We've stretched it out, Jack. We've stretched it out half an hour. We have come to the, the penalty. I was just, I, I was just people, are, people are fast forwarding. When are they going to get to the penalty? <laughs> I was just going to ask, obviously, when the, when the penalty is given, everyone in the ground is going absolutely bonkers. Everyone watching on television is going bonkers. They're, they're waiting for the penalty kick to be taken. But can you take us into what was happening from the penalty being awarded to you putting it on the spot? What conversations are happening? Are players coming up to you, I, I presume it's kind of ordained that you're the penalty taker and, and there's no conversation to be had, despite Andre yeah. Merritt's perhaps wanting to maybe have yeah. a conversation. But is, is it set up and, and are you in the zone from the moment the penalty's given? Yeah, as soon as, soon as you know, I seen it was a penalty, before the weather had even blown, we knew it was a penalty. I, and I was thinking, I'm having this. You know, I'm having this. All thoughts of went through my mind again about what I dreamed about, scoring the winning goal, potentially retiring. And I just thought... I, I, I felt good as well. I was fresh, don't forget. I'd only been on the pitch a short while. So, you know, on a hot day, you know, I just felt fresh. And, you know, I'd scored a lot of penalties, obviously, in my career. And, you know, my experience, I felt, could help. And, you know, as soon as it went, I went to get the ball. And, and Andre, you know, I, he tried. Uh, but I think <laughs> Albie, I think Albie kind of, like, told him to go away. And I think maybe one of the other players told him just, no, it's Kev's taking it. Kev's taking. I think when you hear some of the players now say there was only one player on the pitch that we wanted to take it, uh, which, you know, for me is quite humbling. Would you have wanted anyone else to take that penalty? You couldn't have a better player to take that responsibility. If you want someone to take a penalty against his old club and not worry too much, Kevin Phillips was perfect. If there's one person you want on that field to take a penalty, it was Kevin Phillips. You know, this is his occasion. You know, as soon as I got that ball, I, 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 and believe it or not, I, I wasn't nervous for some reason. I wasn't nervous. Maybe it was because of, you know, the stage of my career. Maybe it potentially could be my last game of my career. I don't know. And so, I, you know, as soon as I got it, I was confident. And, you know, as soon as I put it on that spot, you know, people say, there's, there's all various angles, isn't there, for the penalty? And I didn't realise there was a camera above us with the the zip wire thing that was was right behind us. And you know, since then I've watched it many times, and it's an incredible view from there to see that. And I didn't realise that was there. And you know, people say to me, "Did you not hear the Watford fans trying to put you off?" I didn't. I just kind of like switched into a zone, tried to think of drawing my experience of penalties I've taken throughout my career and. You know, just concentrate on the spot you're gonna. You want to put the ball, you know, in the goal, and don't change your mind. You know the old the old cliche, and I just felt good, and I just couldn't wait for that ref to to blow the whistle. And and when he did, all you're thinking then is concentrate, concentrate on making good connection with the ball. Uh, don't lean back, keep your knee, your body over the ball, and just strike the ball clean. And you know, when I when I when I ran up to the the ball, I, I, did I expect it to go in that top hand court? I was going for that side, but I just as soon as I hit that ball, and every player will tell you that you've interviewed that you know when you've hit a sweet shot, mm -hmm. and whether it's a penalty, a volley, or whatever, you know. And, I, and as soon as that left my foot, I knew 
I'd struck this lovely. And, you know, their goalkeeper, my agent looks after him. And he said, told me agent, he said, I had, although I nearly got, he said, there was no way I was saving that. He said it was like the perfect penalty. Um, Taking his hands off, I think. If it, yeah, exactly. Even if he'd have got a fingertip to it, he said it was going away from me. Um, he said I would have had to get a real strong hand on it. And he said there was no chance I was doing that because of the height, the pace. Uh, and he said it was a it was a great penalty. And I have to say it's probably one of the best penalties, if not the best that I'd, I'd ever hit in my career. And, you know, to see it hit the back of the net was was relief, of course. Mm. Uh, excitement. Oh, mixed emotions. And then I think you saw in my celebration, I didn't go too mad because I didn't want to rub it in the Watford fans. But I, I think it was just, you know, I've done it. I've done it. And I, but I, I had to think, well, I haven't done it yet because there's still, you know, extra time to play yet it's you know it's um, you know rest extra time it's there's still so many things can happen but I was praying praying and praying that hopefully when that final whistle goes that'll be that'll be the end it, it, it Jim it, it's just amazing to listen to it isn't it because oh, it just I didn't it, just, we it just takes you back to it just takes you back to the moment it's incredible I don't know if we were going to get a penalty yeah. master, masterclass on how to take yeah. a penalty which is great <laughs> and I do it Never question about that, but I will say from a fan. Well, I, sorry, I, I did miss yeah. my next penalty. So, <laughs> did not Leicester, though, but, no, for Leicester. So, believe it or not, it was, it was at Nottingham Forest away in a local derby, and I, I was, and I have to say, I was nervous as hell in front of oh. you know at the Forest, the City Ground, and I actually missed. So, you know, I don't, I don't know why for some reason at Wembley in front of ninety thousand people, I wasn't nervous. But Leicester, Nottingham Forest at Forest, I was nervous as hell. Hence. I missed. So amazing. we are human. Yeah. <laughs> and he chose the right one to score, Kevin. Yeah, That's as far as exactly. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's amazing hearing you say that, actually. You forget footballers are human. I have to say, from a fan's perspective, I've never been more confident that a player was going to take a pe- score a penalty. And I've spoken to a lot of my mates I was there with. As soon as everyone saw you step up, we were just... And I'm never confident watching Palace. Never. But we were just... <laughs> Really confident because it was you, and I guess all the all the experience. Yeah, I've been there many times. I just think, yeah, for some reason, I felt very calm. Actually, that you're going to score, which is, yeah, yeah pretty rare. Felt. It was weird, yeah. It was how I felt, which is which is crazy, really. And you know, some people would say you couldn't have been. You must have been nervous. I wasn't for some reason. It was. I just felt confident as well. You know, as I say, I think being fresh really helped me. Um, and you know, it probably helped me a little bit not having the Palace fans in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, seeing them biting their nails because obviously some of the, the pictures when you look back and they're, you know, they they've got their hands in their head and they can't. Some of them can't look, and you know, it was. I don't even think Ian Holloway looked, did he? I don't think he looked. I think he was looking yeah. away. Um, so he obviously didn't believe in me. <laughs> he, <laughs> well, no, he, he uh, apparently he, he said yeah. you were the perfect person to take the penalty. Yeah, exactly. So I'm so, sure um, he knows you well. I've got two technical questions. This is off script, but. Um, when you're taking a penalty, if you're taking... So, first question. If you're taking towards... Obviously, away fans, they're waving and stuff and doing that. I'm sure you're, you've trained to, like, block that out and focus on the penalty. If you're, ta- Is it worse taking towards your own fans because you maybe can see them, as you say, being nervous? Maybe that nervous energy transposes onto you. And second question, and this comes from someone who's missed a lot of penalties in Sunday League and was actually banned from taking penalties for my Sunday League <laughs> team for two years. Um do you have a technique? Do you look in the corner of the goal? Do you look at the keeper's eyes? Do you avoid the keeper's eyes? Do you? I look at every corner to try and like confuse the keeper. Do you have a certain thing you do, or is it just in the moment? Just, um, just look at the ball. Um, you know, it, it's. I think you, to answer your first question, it, it, I think some. It's probably more nerve wracking doing it in front of your own fans um, yeah. because you don't want to miss in front of your own fans, you know, it's, it's, but I think it helps at Wembley because the crowds, you know, a fair distance from the goal. 
Um, you know, I was nervous taking the penalty at Sellers Park in the whole game because the crowd, as you know, is right on top of you. Yeah. Um, and hence, you know, I didn't didn't hit it that clean. So, you know, at Wembley, the, the crowd went fairly quiet um, because it's, you know, it's a tense game, as you know. Um, so, you know, I prefer to do it in front of the away fans. Um, but in terms of the actual technique of the penalty, I don't, you know, I, I tell strikers now whenever I, I do a finishing session or sit and analyse goals with the players, the goal never moves. You know, it's it's an obvious statement. The goal never moves. Obviously, the goalkeeper can move, but he's not allowed to move early. So my my, my advice, and, and which I tell people, and I've told myself my all my career, is just concentrate on the strike of the ball. Pick your spot. You don't need to look at the goal. You've hit enough shots in your career to know where to put it. Uh, so I, I'm not one of them that will look at the keeper and look at the left corner, the right one, try and put him off. I just pick my spot, and if you hit it right, the keeper's never saving it. Hence, you know, why their keeper said I was never saving it. I, I actually practiced penalties by telling the goalkeeper which side I was going to go. As long as he didn't cheat, um, you hit that side netting or you hit it into the roof of the net, the keeper's never saving it. So, you know, I'm not one of those to try and put the keeper. It's just focus on the ball, focus on where you're putting it, and then concentrate on the strike. I'll try that. I might be allowed back on penalties if I do. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can you can tell your team that Kevin Phillips has told you one hundred and one. So you know exactly. There's so not many better, not it, many yeah. better tutors going. But if it? I miss that next one, if I miss the next one, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think because I think Damien Delaney said you didn't practice pens ahead of the final no. in the run up. No, didn't. Need no, to. I didn't. No, I didn't. I was, um, you know, I think Damien and he's rightly the lads were practicing and practicing. I said, listen, you know, I have. Don't get me wrong, I've practiced penalties in my in my career, but I said. It's all well and good doing it now, I said, but it's totally different on match day. You know, when you've got 90,000 people in that stadium, you know, you're going to be feeling all different types of emotions. Um, if you are going to practice them, practice the mental side of it, the concentration on on the ball. Uh, don't try and put the keeper off, as I, as I just said. So I didn't feel the need to to practice, you know, at my, at my stage in my career. I knew if I got a penalty, what I would be doing and how I would take it. Didn't but obviously, didn't help, didn't help me in the Leicester game. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, it did, um, all that, you know, all your advice didn't stop Andre Moritz from taking penalties till dark. But yeah, just to show willing. <laughs> um, Kevin, it's been fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on. I've got a few questions from some of our listeners, which I'll put to you if that's okay. You've actually answered yeah. a few of them already. Um, Ricky B said, when taking a penalty, what do you think about? I think you've already covered that. And Dave Manley said, who decided to take the pen? I seem to recall Moritz wanted it. We've we've done that. But Dave Manley had another question. He says, uh, what did Ollie say to you before sending you onto the pitch in that final? Just go on and score. As <laughs> simple as that. You know, he didn't give me any instructions. Just go on, be a nuisance, run around, you know, be a threat, get in that box and go and score a goal. Uh, and that was all the, you know, we knew, he, we, we, you know, we had mutual respect to you. I respect him so much and, you know, I think that stage of my career, I've come on enough times playing under him that I knew what to do. I knew what my role and responsibility within that that team was. Uh, to be fair, Keith Millen probably gave me a bit more tactical advice than what Ian did in terms of out and in possession. Um, you know, Millie was a great lad, played with Keith as well at Watford. Um, so, you know, at that stage, you don't really want to give anyone too much information. Uh, we know, especially experienced players. Um, so, but the general one was, Go and do what you do. Go and score a goal. Simple as that. You did, Kevin. Yeah. Just the, the final thing, just as, you know, rounding off the game, it's amazing to talk about it, but obviously in the short term, that goal brought about some unbelievable riches for the club and, mm. and a lot of Palace fans were thinking of of what the next season was going to bring and, and who really knew what was going to happen after that. But here we are 10 years after you scoring that goal, Palace, 
secured as a Premier League club for next season. What do you look at when you look at Palace now? What do you see a club building, you know, the, the infrastructure club building all the time, the, the quality of yeah. player they're now bringing to the club? Does it give you, a, uh, you know, a pride that your, your kick of a football has effectively led yeah. us to, to where we are? Yeah, it, it does. Um, and, you know, it kind of like, obviously not living in the area, so I don't bump into too many Palace fans, but I was flying back from Vegas last week and I was at the airport in, in Las Vegas and these lads literally, they were boarding their plane and they come up to me and, and said, we just want to shake your hand. Thanks for what you did for us 10 years ago. And and I'm still, you know, when I do bump into them and, and you kind of like forget, you know, what it means to the supporters still being in the Premier League. And and as you say, the riches that have come with it now, the players that they can attract, hence, you know, still keep an older Wilf, you know, what the club means to him. The Some of the attacking players they've got now is fantastic. And it's delighted to see, you know, Roy come in and keep them in the Premier League. Um, you know, the, the, the ground, obviously, we'd love to, would you like to see him in a new ground? I don't know. You know, obviously they're updating it all the time, the boxes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it's it's an intimidating place to go, a real tough place to go, and so yeah, it brings me a sense of pride that you know the club is still in in the Premier League all these years later, and you know I was I was gutted that I couldn't get to there was a ten year anniversary dinner down mm. at the uh, in London last week. Unfortunately, I was working on the evening for for Sky, and you know part of me wishes I was there uh, to enjoy the celebrations. But may, hopefully one day maybe I'll be able to come back to the ground I haven't been I haven't been back since um, so wow. it would be nice to come back to a game at some point maybe next season and and and, and sample the, the atmosphere again well you won't have to pay for a drink if you do Kevin yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You'd, be, uh, you'd be more than welcome there I'm sure um, yeah. and you, met, you mentioned Vegas there Aaron Wilbraham told us lots of stories about holidays in Vegas that's for another podcast <laughs> yeah, people, is, can yeah. listen, people can listen to it right now actually uh, he was great and we should say Albie was great in that final as well I know we talked a lot about him he yeah, was, he was super brilliant yeah. did a great did yeah. a great job um, <laughs> Kevin one more question then what's, what's the future for you then um, I know you're doing a lot of media work still plans to do more managing or concentrating on yeah. the uh, media stuff yeah obviously you know I, I resigned from my managerial job three four weeks ago after securing pro- promotion believe it or not from from the um from the, the northern premier league to the national league north so you know but i just felt for me it's the right thing to do but yes definitely uh want to try and get into management back into management as quickly as i possibly can i don't want to stay out the game too long but in the meantime you know i'll be doing some media work keeping my foot going to watch some training although obviously everyone's pretty much finished now the end of the season so it'll be fairly quiet but just enjoy some time uh, back at home because I haven't been at home for 18 months Um, but yes I I, you know when some jobs come up I'll I'll certainly be inquiring about those and hopefully I can get back into management as quickly as I possibly can. Brilliant well all the best for that thank you so much for your time it's been an absolute pleasure going down memory lane we cannot thank you enough for that goal but uh, and thanks again for joining us today. You're welcome thanks guys. Mr. Kevin Phillips, in our 10-year anniversary of the playoff final in 2013 at Wembley, in the sun, against Watford. They're talking us through, well, not just his memories, but second-by-second technical approaches to taking a penalty. If anyone plays Sunday League now and is on penalties, if you don't score 
the next few penalties. We can't help you anymore. I'm sorry. You've had masterclass from the best in the business. And and that, but what a wonderful, what a wonderful, I didn't think we'd get that from Kevin, but just a fantastic walk down memory lane. I felt like we really got inside the mind of Kevin Phillips today on that day and um, really appreciate his time. And uh, yeah, what a way to celebrate a decade since that, yeah. day, that day. It, it felt like having spoken to him, he'd been at the club for a lot longer than the four months that he actually was. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> has a player had such an impact after only four months? Pro- probably not. But I-, I must bring you up, Jim. You referred to him as Mr. Kevin Phillips. The, the appropriate title is Super Kevin Phillips. So please, please <laughs> refer to him with the appropriate but, title. Yeah, I think Super is, is probably <laughs> okay. right. Uh, but yeah, lovely, lovely to talk to Kevin, and I hope listeners did enjoy that as much as uh, as we enjoyed recording it with him. Um, happy tenth anniversary, everyone! Indeed, we're very lucky. We, I mean, as I said, that's the seventh or eighth person we've spoken to from that squad now, and and they're all legends. Y- y- you can see why they talk about that sort of camaraderie and that team spirit because they're all just fantastic guys, and and it's all it's just luck sometimes that squads get put together with certain characteristics, and and you know the club at that time just got the right people together because they're all just top top blokes and maybe that's one of the reasons they were able to carry it over the line yeah it was it was a great group of players you, you sense at the time the 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 degree of camaraderie they had between the group and and as kevin says even the players that weren't starting games they were still contributing you mentioned Stuart o'keefe there yeah. and and even in reference to, his, to himself they're talking about the fact and albie for the outfit and albie you know all, all of the players that ended up playing such a pivotal part at the end of the season that perhaps didn't feature as prominently throughout the league campaign. It's um that photo of the the team, the 10 year anniversary, they all look in such good shape. They fairly age. Uh, I, it's a world away from footballers of the nineties, you know, a 10 year anniversary from 1990 would be, was very different. They are different beasts these days and they keep themselves in great shape as does as Kevin. And I'm excited to see what he does next. You know, he's fantastic in, in his media work but still wants to get back into management. So it'd be interesting to see. You're clearly a really analytical, smart mind. Yeah. Um, be interesting to see what happens next for him. Yeah, he did a really good job at South Shields in, in non-league, and you know, maybe that'll pave the way for a, a role for him in the Football League somewhere. But yeah, clearly a man who who just loves football and you know had a career of that duration. Played for so many clubs, played for so many managers, will, will have picked up so much um, during his playing career that I'm sure he can provide the advice to, to younger players that are still playing. But yeah, what a lovely guy. And thanks again, Kevin, for for being on the pod, but more importantly, scoring that goal. For that kick. For that one kick. Um, just as we round off then, what were your uh, memories of the day then, Jack? We talked about other fans' memories. What were your memories? Uh, green man before, getting up really early and, and being in London really early, getting to Victoria, seeing the sea of red and blue, um, getting across the green man, d- yeah, that that was great. The Green Man. I hadn't been there since '97 as a child. Oh, wow. You know, I hadn't been there. The last time I'd been there was was for the Sheffield United playoff final. Um, well, I don't yeah, think Palace, cause, Palace cause had 05, been at Wembley. 04, oh yeah, 04 was in, 04 was in uh, Wales. So yeah. it was the, it was my kind of first experience of Palace at Wembley as an adult, young adult, and it's just a great day seeing that many Palace fans all together in in one place. And then the game itself, um, just remember being. Brought with nerves um, and and elements of the game going really slowly, but then passages of the game going really quickly, um, and then the penalty, extra time. The the one moment that still fills my my heart with with fear and dread is the long kick up the pitch that I think flicks off Troy Deeney's head 
and just goes past the post. It might actually be off a palace head, mm. just goes past the post. I still have moments where I think that's that's going in, even 10 years later. Um, after the game... And um, Joel, Joel Ward clearing off the line. Well, yeah, I mean, just... I, I just probably mentioned Joel Ward too much in recent pods. But, <laughs> you yeah, incredible, well, incredible, incredible moment for that. Otherwise, that was going to penalty shootouts. Some teams that concede that late in extra time often... Find yeah. it difficult to recover for, for penalties, so who knows what would have happened. It slipped into Forestieri. He switches it onto his foot. It's off the line by Ward. Watford go that close to taking it to penalties. But after the game, I seem to remember queuing outside a Tesco Express because I think my <laughs> beer, beer tokens for the day had probably run out before the game. Um, but yeah, just, just the sea of red and blue um, throughout the day. Uh, the trains home. Victoria was still packed with with Palace fans going home. It's just a great day. Um, and I think the sore heads the next day were were more than worth it. Absolutely. Well, we hope that listeners have similarly been transported back to that day. What about you, ago. Jim? Pretty much the same. <laughs> green, green man. Tesco Express. <laughs> Tesco Express. <laughs> Headache. So, yeah, we, we went back to the... Um, Oh man, what's that pub we used to do the pod at in Streatham? I can't remember now. Wow, that shows how long it's been. We went back to the pub in Streatham and uh, yeah, it was a long day, but, but as you say, it was very worth it. But it's lovely going down memory lane. Big thank you to Kevin for coming on and chatting. Really appreciate it. And we hope our listeners enjoyed that and are uh, having similar lovely memories of that day 10 years ago. Uh, but that's it. Thanks for watching. Don't forget, if you need uh, financial advice from Eternity Home Finance, they're the people to go to. Uh, from getting on the property ladder to planning your retirement. Info at eternityhomefinance.com, quote the code FYP. You all know by now. Um, But anyway, that's it. Jack, thanks for being here for this very special memory pod. Thanks for having me on, Jim. Top man. And that's it. We'll see you all again uh, very soon. Goodbye. Manuel Almunia, who bailed out Marco Cassetti against Leicester City. Can he do it here? in the final at Wembley against Kevin Phillips of all people the club where it all started for him professionally Kevin Phillips is put to the sword by the master craftsman Kevin Phillips at Wembley in the dying minutes of the first period of extra time that just might be the one to send Palace back to the Premier League well if you want anyone anyone in the world to have this moment not to panic, to stay calm, to hit the back of the net in a place where no goalkeeper in the world is going to save it. Then step forward, Kevin Phillips. Never, ever in any doubt. That was an emphatic penalty. And look what it means. Now they can reach out and touch the Barclays Premier League. Podcast Network.